Blog Talk Radio. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias, but they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say something. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Grounded signals wreak havoc on radio communications. There's growing concern that because we are not grounded, we absorb tremendous amounts of electromagnetic radiation from our modern devices. EMF stands for electromagnetic field. We are all immersed in electromagnetic fields from Wi-Fi, from the wiring in our homes, and it disturbs our electrical balance. We get charged. Inside of our bodies, we get electrically charged. Some people have as much as 20 volts on their bodies, and that's not good for you. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like that's the most common first box like complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same if not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like. But what you why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. 
Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Hello, folks. We are back with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle. And we also here on the radio show, you know, we are here to just talk about barefooting and the general topics around that, um, to give support, encouragement, um, and to provide some advice. You know, of course, we are not, you know, I'm not a doctor. You know, me, Phoenix here, I'm not a doctor. Audrey's not a doctor. So we're not here, to, you know, of course, to give, you know, professional medical advice. But, you know, as people who are barefooters ourselves, you know, volunteering our time to, you know, Barefoot is Legal, um, this, you know, great, you know, amazing uh, 501c3 nonprofit organization um, and, you know, combing through, you know, research information as we're finding it, discovering it for ourselves and helping sharing it within this community and to others listening. Um, I, uh, and this is Phoenix, um, you know, I've been doing this for oh, around two years. I'm not exactly sure on the time, but, you know, I've been barefooting since, um, 2020, um, sometime around April is when I really got into it, but barefooting was something that I enjoyed a lot as a kid, and I think many of us who discover barefooting in adulthood, or may even be discovering it now, or may, you know, discover it through Barefoot is Legal and um, continuing, you know, in their own daily life, um, a lot of us did enjoy being barefoot when we were kids, and I think it's really important to Um, go back to some of the things in our childhood and looking back, and that can be really hard, you know, for a lot of people who have trauma and different things. That's something I totally relate to or whatever reasons why you may have a hard time recalling back on life. But if you're able to, finding what you can and what you do remember in childhood, I think can be really key to understanding and unraveling that and processing that and, you know, and what that is within your identity, what that is within your existence. And barefooting is one of those things for me. But there's been a lot of things that I've noticed that, like, things that activities um, that I enjoyed in childhood, different hobbies and things that I had, for whatever reasons discouraged out of or didn't have accessibility to for whatever reason. And, you know, think about how can we become more of ourselves. And I think sometimes going back to childhood and, like, sifting through that can be a way that we become more of ourselves. 
and understand and build integration within the very varying multitudes that exist within all of us. Um, and some of us are more in tune and more in, you know, integration with those and others, but we're all multitudes, whether you realize it or not. And I wish you luck with figuring out your multitudes, you know, to live within you. But we're all very complicated people with very complicated experiences and existences and complicated and complex. I feel like are very similar, you know, almost one in the same in a lot of ways, but complicated doesn't have to be a bad thing either. Um, that's, easier said than done like you know I you know used to always like oh my life is so complicated and you know I always um, there were a lot of times you know on some levels I did used to mean that more so in a negative way but thinking about how like you know when we survive and we overcome things and move through things like things are just complicated you know like but that doesn't take away from what you are and all those different facets of you and the integration of them and so for me, childhood, um, you know, barefooting was such a huge thing I, when I really go back and think about it. And um, it was something that made me feel free. And amongst the chaos, amongst so many things that I went through that I wouldn't wish on anyone, it was something that actually brought me a lot of joy um, And as a child. And, you know, I'm, I'm – and as an autistic ADHD child who didn't know that's, you know, what they were at the time, um, you know, since I'm more of a later diagnosed adult, but, like, at the same time, me figuring out my autism, like, I'm still younger than a lot of people who have been figuring it out as someone who's, you know, 21, I'll be 22 soonish. Um, so, you know, that was something that really brought me joy, and that was tied into sensory things. Um, and I think... Our, our experiences as people who are neurodivergent are very complicated. You know, things can sometimes just completely suck. You know, life, ugh, it's like a heavy cloud, but when you can lose yourself and those, like, sensory, um, like, safe havens, it's like there's so much joy for me as an autistic ADHD person who is more of a sensory seeker and was as a child that can come out of that. And people don't understand that joy or when they see that intense joy, they think that that takes away from all of, you know, the hardships and the harsh things. And, but in childhood, just being able to be barefoot and out in nature and touching the grass, that was something that really brought my, young ADHD autistic child self so much joy and I was it helped me have kind of for me as someone who was sensory seeking like that sensory um heaven or that haven you know that place where um and so even amongst chaos you know there are things that you know can help and it's something that I even kind of forgot about how much barefooting has been something throughout my life and I think that there are probably a lot of us within the barefooting community who, you know, we're just getting into this, you know, as adulthood more, um, who loved it as children, you know, and had some kind of um, freeness from it. And for me, it was something that made me feel very free and in control of my body. And um, it was something that, you know, helped me have more autonomy than I would have even realized as a child. And for me as a nanny, um, one of the children, you know, uh, 
I call her bug girl, so that's what I'm going to call her um, for sake of privacy, little bug girl, because um, bugs are her special interest, and she's also ADHD autistic. She also has issues um, with wearing shoes, while other times she's very particular about the shoes she's wearing, when she's wearing them, why she's wearing them. Um, and and for me, as someone who, you know, is coming out of people-pleasing and parentification and you know, that finding response you and I'm sure that there are people that can relate to that where um, I have friends that, you know, we all definitely feel that. And it's like, man, maybe there's a reason why we became friends, you know, whether you realize it and start to think about things as adults and start processing your own things um, that have had those similar experiences where um, you're always worried about, you know, doing more and worrying about, um what more can you do? But, you know, it's been good recently to realize that, you know, I am able to add more value than I've realized, you know, coming from the parent and, um, and that, you know, I, you know, for me, I would, I had noticed, you know, her, uh, neurodivergency early on and before other people did, I've been, you know, nannying for them for three years. And it was, something that first was like not, you know, taken seriously, but, you know, and I was also, you know, figuring things out myself and like, it was crazy because watching her, I could see the things that I was doing in childhood that I had no idea that those were signs. And now it's something that's helped her. And she also has a lot of sense. Um, and there's a lot of other doctors, professionals who, um, and people within the school that started recognizing these issues and it started um, being, you know, taken more seriously. And so, you know, I, so I would just try to, you know, help accommodate her in any kind of way, even before other people are taking it seriously, but also especially now, you know, and barefooting is one of those things that really has worked as an accommodation. And for her little bug girl, you know, without being, you know, bugs being her special interest, you know, it's something that she can do while she's playing outside and catching bugs. And I think more parents and more people that work with children also need to keep in mind that is it necessary for a child to be wearing shoes all the time or while they do this activity or why, while they do this task? And that could be a simple accommodation. And I know with a lot of schools, there's a lot more um, issues and policies and safety stuff. And unfortunately, there are a lot of safety threats in schools in American society that do pose this threat to children's safety in general. And I can understand why uh, people wouldn't feel comfortable with their children going to school barefoot. Um, or taking their shoes off um, for the sake of safety. But at the same time, it's also a a simple way to accommodate. um, And, you know, I think, and obviously in an ideal safe environment, is, you know, just looking at certain tasks and being like, wait, is there a way that we can change this or alter this task to make it, more suitable or more accommodating for this child, this person, yourself even, maybe. Um, and understanding that, you know, barefooting is an accommodation for different sensory issues, but also understanding and respecting that different people have different sensory experiences and different experiences within their own bodies that are going to make their own experiences very, very different than other people's. So, Barefooting isn't necessarily an accommodation for all autistic or ADHD people. That is something that is really more up to the individual. And so barefooting is something that I've never, you know, pushed on to Ruby, but or oh, bug girl. Oh my God. Yeah. Sorry. 
bug girl is that, um, you know, just how we, I've never, something I've never pushed it on to her or anything like that. It's something that, you know, I noticed and I even would have frustrations as someone who is trying to keep your safety in mind um, and trying to be as respectful as possible um, to, to while making sure you're, you know, getting to school and you've got your shoes on and you're, you know, prepared and that you're also safe, you know, that can be a, you know, frustration, I'm sure for a lot of parents, a lot of other people working with children with keeping their shoes on, making them put their shoes on, but at the same time that you need to understand that they're their own people with their own autonomy, they may be children but they're still their own people with their own identities and their own bodies and we need to you know respect their autonomy and um sorry i'm just so frustrated with my brain today um with some of my mess ups but anyway we're fine but um at the same time you need to respect that they may not want to put the shoes on they may not want that, and that's okay. It's, I think it's important for us to understand that children may not see it the same way and, um, and, and, and you know, and parents, you know, they're, they're doing their best. And, and so it's something that, you know, I talk a lot about and, you know, their uh, father knows that, you know, I work with this sort of organization and, you know, I try to be as respectful as possible with, um, sharing any information so excuse my brain um but I think we need like I have a lot of people that you know I've had I've tried to help like understand even in daily life with a lot of people in my life different friends different people I've come into contact with that also have children that are ADHD or autistic but they themselves are not and they can make such a fuss out of something like putting shoes on and they don't understand that, especially if this child, for whatever reason, you know, even speaking from experience, someone with the PDA profile, if a child also has this, this is going to get into issues with autonomy, but also you needing to understand that this could be a sensory issue that is creating a sensory hell for them, a miserable state. How can you alter, alter the task, change the task, change or even change the environment in which you're doing the task in, in order to make it more accommodating. But also you have to set, you know, boundaries on when it is time to wear shoes. And that is school. And like I said, there's a lot of threats to children's safety. I understand why people don't want, may not want to implement barefooting into the classroom or want their children to be going to school barefoot because that can pose a threat to their safety, unfortunately, and getting into issues with, you know, content warning right here, but like mass shootings. And this is something that is affecting the nation greatly. It is an issue that, you know, should be addressed. This is, you know, an ongoing barrier to barefooting itself. Um, but an ongoing barrier as well is not understanding um, the accommodation and right of barefooting as well um, and how barefooting can have a positive impact within the lives and well-being of other people. How can this actually be something that is more accessible than you may think? You know, I understand, like, I even myself, I can be, you know, paranoid <laughs> for other reasons, but, you know, with watching children, like, you know, at first, 
before I even understood um, Bob's experience with not wearing shoes and needing it for her own sensory issues, I, you know, was, there were times where I was getting frustrated and I didn't realize that I was, you know, being too much with, you know, like, you need to put them on, like, it's for your safety, like, you know, you've got to put them on, like, and going outside every time, you know, making sure they've got shoes on, even though I myself is a barefooter. But I also was coming from the standpoint of mind, of course, her not understanding this either, and we um, probably, and so this may have caused more issues, you know, with feeling controlled. And I think we understand that, you know, even if children don't have a specific reason to why they would have issues with autonomy or control, that children in general, you know, if they don't understand why they have to put shoes on or why they have to do this, they can look at it as, oh, mom, dad, you know, the nanny, the teacher at school, the bus driver, the neighbor lady, um, whatever, any person that tells them, hey, you need to put shoes on, they're going to be looking at you like, "You're stop, you're trying to control me. I don't want to wear shoes. So there's, you know, we understand too that children, they don't just come into the world knowing, hey, I'm going to do everything right, know how to do it. Like they don't know how to do these things and, and they may not understand the purpose and function. But especially if you at all are dealing with a child that, you know, has ADHD or and or autism, you know, they're going to want to understand the why. And I was talking um, to a friend who also um, has a child that, you know, prefers barefooting sometimes, ADHD, autistic, you know, and I've had a lot of friends that, you know, are open to talking about, you know, barefooting on here. They're open to sharing these different, varying different things, obviously, you know, and within range um, of respect. But, you know, they have their own anxieties with um, showing up or, you know, with trying to keep the language appropriate. They're worried. They're like, I might say some things thinking, you know, this is a normal conversation. It's something that, you know, words that just aren't appropriate for the air, you know, just with cussing and stuff. So, you know, it's, um, but understanding too, because even my friend, you know, herself is neurodivergent, you know, I'm neurodivergent, understanding that how, and even Audrey's brought this up, unfortunately, um, not sure if Audrey will be able to call in today again, scheduling issues, um, life's been crazy with them, full-time working, mama four, you know, a lot of things going on as well, um, you know, and, but Audrey's also talked about this, you know, and even we've talked about this on the show in the past where it's like that, why, well, why, 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 you know, children, when they ask questions, you know, too, we can, as adults sometimes, um, or even just parents in general that um, can look at things as, um, or educators, any type of role with working with children, you can look at that as, they're being disrespectful, they're talking back. So the thing is, they probably just, they really just don't understand, like, why do I have to do this? And and there are times, sometimes times with reparenting myself, there's like, you know, when you're removing, you know, shame and we need to make sure that we're explaining things to the kids and helping them understand why they need to do things and, and having them do things in a way that is safety and doesn't create cycles of shame because it can be hard, you know, you know, if, if, we put you put shame on them as children they come out of it as adults and having to understand well why and the how and the line of things without shame you know that's its own learning process and so with children we need to understand that they may not want to wear them 
and that may look like disrespect to you, but that may look like nothing to you at all. Um, and that, to them, they don't see it as disrespect. Even though you may see it as disrespect, they're seeing it as they're uncomfortable wearing shoes. It's overwhelming, perhaps overstimulating, or they just don't want to do it. Or even if, um, you know, barefooting is an accommodation for various people with different um, mental illnesses, neurodivergency, trauma experiences, and different things. And for somebody that experiences anxiety, I've, I've you know, met people experience this and have talked about this because we love to talk about this in the show within the barefoot legal community, that it can help alleviate, you know, anxiety or when they're in environments that they're under so much control or, or feeling hopeless or out of control, barefooting can give them a sense of freeness and a sense of autonomy, especially when you're dealing with a lot of stressful things. But on top of that, there's also a lot of health benefits regarding barefooting. There's a lot of benefits to the central nervous system. And for a lot of people who are on the spectrum or have ADHD, this can, you know, help be an accommodation too because of, you know, the um, benefits to the central nervous system um, linked to barefooting as well as benefits to balance. Like Audrey and I have talked about this in the show before, um, you know, how it helps our sense of physical balance. And so, um, and I've mentioned, you know, apraxia. So, you know, I struggle with, and sometimes when I'm struggling with apraxia speech, I just say apraxia, but, you know, I struggle with both um, in my own different experiences with them, apraxia of speech and apraxia of movement. But I do feel like being barefoot and being grounded to the earth and Audrey shared some experiences where, you know, just with unlooping those brain loops, being barefoot and grounded in the earth does really help. Um, and that can be because of sensory reasons. That can be because of the health benefits of barefooting. Um, that can just, you know, be um, – because it's, you know, sensory and stimulation, you know, there can be an overlap. So the two of those can be tied in. Um, but, you know, for myself and Audrey, like, you know, we've mentioned the past, you know, that we have our own spiritual reasons for barefooting. Um, we have our own health reasons. And, you know, for myself and other people who barefoot for chronic illnesses, you know, there are different benefits to barefooting um, and different accommodations for barefooting for us, that other people that do not have these issues um, or may have issues that keep them from barefooting, may not understand, and it may not help them. Barefooting is not a one-size-fits-all thing. It is a very, div- you know, diverse experience for everybody, but also ADHD and autism in themselves are also very diverse experiences. Um, but we are about, to, I'm about to take an ad break, hopefully collect my brain a little bit, um, and we'll get into um, the topics more so of the show today. Um, and we did get a little bit of a later start. Unfortunately, I had some tech issues to get the show started, but it looks like ads were running fine earlier, so hopefully this will run smoothly. Um, but we'll be back. This is Barefoot is Legal Radio, um, and Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of the barefoot lifestyle as well as sharing general support and health benefits. We are, you know, I'm not a licensed doctor. Audrey's not a licensed doctor or medical professional, so, you know, this is general advice, you know, coming through information research that is accessible, but this is not, you know, medical, you know, um, advice that, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I would seek, I personally would, you know, also seek out professionals when understanding, you know, facets of your health and um, regarding barefooting as well. But we're going to go and run that ad break. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, 
Oddball loser, fish out of water. Speak up. Talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias. But they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. I've heard stories from teachers in classes where their students are grounded that they have half the level of referrals for discipline. Some students who were in tears because they were experiencing success when before they were experiencing failure with their behavior and discipline. I've heard stories from teachers with autistic children who have been grounded where they have less of what they call the meltdowns. And the meltdowns are less frequent and shorter and they come back into the classroom and they're learning more than they had learned prior to the grounding. It's amazing what happens, not just with the teacher at the front of the class, but what can happen with the student sitting in the class. And just think if every single student and every single teacher and every single classroom and every single school 
across this whole world was grounded. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, health care providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Hello, folks. We are back with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights <coughs> sorry, excuse me, and, regal- and re- legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle as well as sharing um, general support, information, resources, um, and other aspects of ex- sharing experiences, which are also their own form of, you know, information. Um, and so this is, you know, more of a community group if to organization. If you want to get more into the community side and more of, um, the sense of just, you know, you're, you yourself having that own community and community interactions. Um, you can check out our Barefoot is Legal Facebook private group. Um, so there is also a public page. Um, the public page is in the Linktree link. Um, yeah, yeah. The Facebook BIL uh, public page is linked in the Linktree. I just checked it out. Um, but the private group can't um, share the link since it is a private group. Um, I think there's just some basic questions. You know, just we're just trying to make sure that, you know, this is a, you know, that the Facebook group is, you know, appropriate, you know, in the sense of, you know, we don't want any you know, type of harassment of anything. Also making sure that, you know, these are people that are actually, you know, barefooters are not just here to cause problems um, or anybody that, you know, is taking barefooting in a way that is not appropriate for, you know, the type of community organization it's supposed to be. Um, and, you know, trying to keep it as family-friendly as possible with these organizations, um, with the organization and with interactions within the organization. Um, so the, sorry, my brain for a second, the ADHD today kicking off. But, if you go to the um, Instagram, which is real barefoot is legal, in the link there um, in the bio, there is the link tree, and that's like an easy way that you can just access the link tree. It's got um, different information, resources, the shows tagged, um, as well as the social medias um, tagged. So you can check that out. Um, If you're listening from Blog Talk Radio, it'll also uh, be tagged in the bio link. Um, So if you want to get more involved in, you know, community aspect, definitely recommend checking out the Barefoot is Legal Facebook um, page and also the private group. Um, Also, you know, just checking out, giving a follow to Real Barefoot is Legal um, on Instagram. I'm not the admin um, or the one who's running that. Um, I think Audrey's been the admin of that. Um, but if you also just want to, you know, check out more with, uh, with, sorry, Barefoot is Legal in general, uh, just go to barefootislegal.org. So that's B-A-R-E-F-O-O-T-I-S-L-E-G-A-L dot O-R-G. So barefootislegal.org. And so that's the official site that you can, you know, check out more information on. Um, but it's important to remember that there are no laws or 
health codes against barefooting in public spaces in the United States, and there never have been. Um, unfortunately, there is historical, you know, discrimination, but there have never been any um, laws or health codes not legally anyways, not actually legally anyways, in the U.S. against barefooting. Barefooting is a protected right. Um, so, yeah, so it's really important to remember that. There are no laws or health care for the United States. The no shoes, no service signs, those are illegal. They have never been legal. Barefooting, it is a protected right. And I know some people may just not understand that, may think that's just baloney, but just if you, rather than just being like, oh, you're full of crap, baloney, why don't you ask why, you know? Or, because sometimes in our interactions with people, people can assume. Um, but, for, but people barefoot for religious or spiritual reasons, cultural reasons, and medical reasons. And medical reasons also does include mental health and neurodivergency. Unfortunately, some people still don't see this, and unfortunately, there's still a lack of understanding, there's still a lack of research and integration within research regarding neurodivergency and mental health, but I think it's important to keep in mind that the different experiences of neurodivergent people and people who struggle with different mental illnesses and mental conditions is very diverse within each spectrum. You know, there's certain information that I may share that regards to me and the people around me and the people within my life, you know, we're friends, you know, I think too for a reason, you know, because we naturally could relate to each other and with, you know, our own adult experiences with understanding our neurodivergency, the information that's relevant to us and is relevant to a lot of other people who are um, ADHD and or autistic does not represent all people who are ADHD or autistic either. And, you know, or, or the diversity and spectrum of any mental health condition, neurodivergency, mental illness, um, physical chronic disability, disease with chronic pain or any of that. All of these things are a spectrum. And so there are some things that are going to be relevant to you. There's some things that aren't going to be relevant to you. Um, and so, but that doesn't take away from any of our own experiences and said we should all be able to, you know, have our voice and, you know, be loud and be able to, you know, speak up for ourselves and be like, you know, hey, like, you know, this is my experience and be able to share that, you know, freely and just knowing who you are and, you know, and, and that can sometimes be a struggle, you know, sometimes for myself, like I'm coming out of and like reparenting and like learning all that stuff. I can be very chatty. And, um, but I, I think it's important to keep in mind that we all have very different experiences, but that doesn't take away from the fact that barefooting is still an accommodation for, you know, ADHD and ASD or autism. Um, now, again, that doesn't mean it's an accommodation for everybody. And that doesn't mean that everybody's experience within barefooting just because they are both, both have ADHD or both autistic or both have anxiety issues or whatever other type of mental neurodivergent condition that you may have or you may know someone who's a barefooter that they have whatever their, you know, experience is, is within that is not going to be the same as other people who barefoot for the same reason or are barefooters and also just happen to have the same, you know, condition. Um, you know, I know people that have 
um, I have friends, you know, and I've had a friend who's, you know, she's wanted to, you know, come on and talk, but is more so worried about her language. But, you know, was, you know, OCD, but barefooting helps with um, different physical illness and disability reasons. And so, you know, everyone can have their own experience with that. You know, I know people that have OCD that also are neurodivergent, also have sensory issues, um, as well as this individual who I was mentioning who also has ADHD, you know, and that they can't barefoot, you know, some individuals, they can't barefoot even because of it or because of their own experiences, or you could have two experiences within you that contradict each other. You know, there's sometimes when my own sensory issues, I have to adjust and accommodate and it can be annoying with understanding the balance with, you know, barefooting certain textures and temperatures I can have my own issues with. And, but that doesn't, you know, take away any away from my experience as a barefooter. It doesn't take away from the fact that barefooting still can accommodate for me. So about understanding your experiences, also understanding and respecting that not everyone wants to barefoot. Not everyone um, is a barefooter. Not everyone is going to have the same experience with it. Some people may have reasons why, you know, they don't want to or don't feel comfortable. But even if a person wants to barefoot, it's not something that may be accessible to them due to different safety issues, environmental issues, or threats that they're, you know, dealing with in their daily life or in different um, facets of their life. But it doesn't change um, the fact that they, even if it may help as an accommodation, they still may not be able to go into stores or walk barefoot because of different issues with their physical health. Um, and I know Audrey, you know, has talked in the experience, uh, past on the show um, a couple of times, you know, you know, having experience with someone that, you know, got kind of almost resentful with her and was being kind of nasty in that way because, you know, this individual and it was an employee at a store who didn't have a problem with the fact that she was barefooting, but then as soon as started talking to her about it, was just kind of had this more resentful attitude of like, well, I can't do it because of my neuropathy, because of my diabetes. And, and Audrey was like, I totally get that. I totally understand. I'm not saying I have to. I'm just explaining to you like, oh, yeah, like this is how it helps for me. And so, you know, some people, you know, when they can look at your experience and when you're sharing, you know, and they can take that in a negative way of, you know, discounting what they're going through. And especially sometimes with neurodivergent people, we, we're, we may not look like, look at it like that at all. Like this isn't to discount the fact that this isn't something that work, doesn't work for you or, you know, isn't something that um, you're having the accessibility to or can do or whatever. But this is, you know, us trying to just be like, oh, great, we get to, you know, share and, you know, and trying to find those places where we can, you know, share and be proud and be happy when there's still a lot of, you know, backlash in different places with different people towards barefooting. And I, I would say that, you know, it, it, around me, my environment does, even when I go into public places, different stores, gas stations, anything like that, you know, um, working through my own anxiety has been its own thing, but also in general, I think it's just everything going on in this world, people just, especially reaching a point of just like you do you, I don't think, I think, and even my experience have shown me that more people are okay with it, more people do it and are open to barefooting than you might think. Um, And, um, or have had their own experiences with barefooters or, you know, you never know. And so even just because a store employee is wearing them, wearing shoes because they have to for work. Like I've met certain employees that are like, yeah, other than work, like I prefer to be barefoot. Um, and, you know, I met someone um, and I've talked about how, like most of the time, you know, me and Audrey talk about Dollar General for each of the places where we, you know, we've gotten the most um, backlash and, you know, other people have come on and talked about, yeah, there's a lot of different like Walmarts and like 
can say that too. You know, there's a lot of different um, places that are um, corporations that are open to the public that should be operating within the law that don't want to discriminate against barefooting. And sometimes I think employees are more so worried when they say things or when they act a certain way or they're negative or they get onto it. They're more worried about their job security. They're more worried about getting in trouble, something happening and it coming back on them. And I think that just shows that there's a lot of issues within the different environments that may cause a barrier to someone barefooting or may create a situation in which discrimination occurs, even when someone is not intending to create discrimination. It's, you know, more of this lack of understanding that stems from, you know, this fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in trouble with my boss, like job security. Oh my God, I can't afford, I've got kids. I can't afford to lose my job. Like all these things, people got so much going on. We've all got so much going on in our own lives and, um, so a lot of these things can create, you know, different, their own different factors. Um, but, you know, I've met certain employees that, um, and like at the last time I went to, not the last time I had kind of weird energy, but nobody said anything, but I think it may have been the same. It may have been the same woman I actually got into an argument with. And I walked out and I was like, I'm not, I'm not buying anything. You can take it back. I don't need nothing that bad. I don't even know if I'd got anything off the shelf yet. And then I told her, I was like, there are no laws or else goes against it. Um, you know, red or my rights practically as, as I do when dealing with those things. And I may have honestly been the same person I was. I'm not 100% sure, though. It had been so long because I'd been avoiding going to that one and going to Dollar General's um, as much as possible just because, like, my whole thing, too, is, like, and, like, I told the woman, I don't want to give my money to a place. Like, even if I have to tell you my rights and then you do go, okay, or you're just going to be like, okay, fine, because I don't want to, you know, um, what's the word, uh, Take off a take off a customer or something like that, um, you know. Even if they're just like, okay, go ahead. Like, I no, I don't want to give you my money, Mm-mm. you know. And that's and so if you have options, remembering that you don't have to give your money to everybody. You don't have to give your money to a place that's gonna, you know, actively discriminate or have negative attitude, especially when you've told them your rights, like read them your rights practically, and they are still, you know, having an attitude. And they still want to be nasty, even if they are like somewhat compliant or whatever, because they're like, well, I just don't want a case. Like, no, I'm gonna go somewhere else if I can. And so for this reason, like, I couldn't avoid going to Dollar General for different reasons. And um, so there's two different, sorry, there's two different experiences Dollar General I'm trying to talk about, but now I just remembered the actual last time. Got some weird energy, may have been the same person I had issues with. And I just like walking out, I was like, I don't need anything that bad. I'll figure it out. And I did. Um, even though it was in- inconvenient, you know, but anyway, I was already in, in line. I was already waiting. I was like, I, I, this was really the only place I could go. I needed it. Uh, I was getting toilet paper. I was like, I need to get toilet paper. Like, I don't have time for, you know, dealing with other people's crap today when I need to get toilet paper, <laughs> you know. Um, and so there's a lot of weird energy, but, like, and, like, it's hard to explain the weird body language. And I'm not good with social cues, I'll be honest. But, you know, like, for me, it was a pattern recognition. You know, I can recognize those patterns. And I think a lot of us neurodivergent barefooters, even if we're not, um, and I've talked to other, you know, friends that you know are also neurodivergent themselves and also barefoot where it's like with the pattern recognition with you know having like you know autism and even ADHD like as well like you can um, see a lot of these patterns of behavior in the way that people are acting and responding even if you're missing like the basic social cues that are more innate or easier to pay attention to for um, neurotypical people or other people that don't have you know, ADHD or autism, how, you know, you, you pick up on those patterns. And so it was, 
things are kind of weird, but, you know, I was just like, get me out of here. Anyway, and, but, you know, I still got my stuff, didn't have to actually deal with somebody saying anything, whatever. But now that I'm looking back, I'm like, honestly, I could have been the same person. Maybe that was energy was weird, but I was like, I'm not reading into it, get my stuff because I'll see, you know, with my own anxiety, I'm, you know, and I think something to talking to different friends that also are barefooters and have anxiety and, you know, other people that have, you know, shared their experiences in the community, like the community um, of barefooting, you know, like that there can be a lot of anxiety around it or if you're a person who already has anxiety, like the possibility of somebody saying something, things like that, it can be a barrier, but there are no laws or health codes against it. And so that's something that I, you know, remind myself, push myself, like, you know, if I'm anxious. So sometimes I try not to read too much into things when I'm, you know, like in that moment when I was already feeling kind of anxious, my anxiety was and my I was already overstimulated, you know, but at the same time, the time before that I went to a different dollar general, um, don't remember what I was getting at all but um I had someone was like oh well if I were you I would wear shoes in here and I was like well and they didn't say it in a mean way but and I have talked about this experience um I think in the radio show too um um like a couple other or like past show or whatever um where's I going to and I, you know, I just told them, you know, there, oh, there are no laws or health codes against barefooting, you know, and I barefoot for, you know, my, my uh, chronic pain and different disability reasons, and it just, like, helps me. Or sometimes they'll tell me, like, oh, it's for sensory issues, different things like that. And, and to explain that it's an accommodation, because I feel like that also helps keep people from trying to get that backlash, because you've already made it clear, like, if they proceed any further, they're going to be crossing some lines with disabilities, rights, and protected accommodation type things, and this is a public space. And I've already, you know, told you there's no laws or health codes in the United States against barefooting in public spaces. But then, you know, they were just like, oh, well, I mentioned more so in the way, like, I, I just for your safety, like, people drop stuff in here all the time. I drop stuff on my toes all the time. Like, I wear steel toe boots when I'm here at work, but... Like, other than when I'm at work, other than that, like, I'm, you know, pretty much completely barefoot um, in my daily life, other than when it starts to get, like, too cold, you know. And so it's like, oh, okay. So, you know, there are more people around you might do it than you think. Like, I've technically, I've got a couple neighbors that barefoot. Um, so you may not, there can be a lot of anxiety, but some of that anxiety, too, can be generated within. And, you know, there because of these past experiences that it's so hard not to hold on to and it's hard to let go of. And so just kind of moving forward and remembering that, like, there are more people that are okay with it, okay with it than you might think. But there's a lot of different people that do it for so many various different reasons. You know, like, even when I talk about, you know, ADHD and autism, you know, I'm also coming to, from my own personal experience, when Audrey, when she is able to be on the radio show and she's talking about her ADHD, you know, she's coming to from the experience of, you know, sensory issues and it's something that helps her and it's something that helps me with sensory issues and it's something that helps us to keep us from getting overstimulated, but also helps us when we're overstimulated. And, um, you know, so we are, you know, speaking from experiences because here at Barefoot is Legal, we're also here to talk about barefooting. We're, you know, we are pro barefooting here. We're advocating for barefooting, but, you know, I also do want to advocate for myself because that was something that, you know, barefooting was something that I wasn't really allowed to do, you know, in certain in certain circumstances or situations, as a child with 
you know, people just like the expectation and, you know, the fears and the propaganda around barefooting, people thinking it was illegal and that it's been illegal, even though it's never been illegal. But those, there was always, a, there was different times in history where there was a lot more propaganda and discrimination and a lot more discriminatory attitudes. But the no shoes, no service signs, those, those have never been legal. They've never been legal. But they've always been illegal. So it's really important to keep that in mind. Um, but a lot of us, you know, we grew up thinking that it was illegal. We grew up thinking there was a problem with it. And then, you know, too, it, you know, I think when there's also this control factor, you know, too, like that can be really frustrating for children that want to be barefoot or prefer to be barefoot for whatever reason that may be. And needing to understand there that, you know, they're, um, they have their own bodies, you know, they, and, respecting the fact that barefooting is a viable option and a viable accommodation. Um, and I'm just like real quick and mention this too, like, you know, like when I was talking about earlier, you know, I didn't really intend to talk about this much too much earlier, but like, um, or in general, but, um, you know, like being a nanny, you know, for, you know, bug girl with her special appearances, bugs, barefooting, that is, a, is, a, if, Shoes genuinely do create a stimulation sensory issue thing. If you have a kid that has a different um, or has their own different, even if it's not bugs, um, but there are a lot of kids that are into bugs um, too. But, you know, if your kid has a different special interest or just general hobby, passion, something they enjoy to do, regardless of whether or not they're on the spectrum. um, But, you, you know, and they have a problem with shoes, you know, understanding that, you can find ways of them being able to understand, set some limits and grounds on where are they allowed to barefoot? Um, how are, you know, like what places are safe, you know, letting them know and having those boundaries of safety and letting them know that this is for your safety and helping them understand that. Um, but also being prepared, you know, there's sometimes too with children, um, especially if they have issues, you know, with interception, but some children in general can have issues recognizing their, you know, needs and what's going on with their body and their experiences depending on their age, you know, being prepared, having them in case you need them, having them, or, you know, too, if you're like, ooh, this pavement's too hot, and they may not be aware of it, being like, okay, hey, I think you do need to put your shoes on. I don't want to tell you what to do, but this is one of the times where we have to kind of set that line, you know, for your safety. And, you know, make them understand, not make them, but like, you know, explain to them, you know, so that they can understand um, why they have to do this and just being aware. Because if you have, you know, a child or work with children that do need bear fans accommodation, just be aware of when and how, you know, they need to barefoot or, and being aware of the environment while they're barefooting and, you know, helping keep tabs on, you know, their safety, is the pavement too hot, say if there's, pavement involved is the grass too hot or whatever kind of material just being aware of these things um and sometimes children you know they're having if you're even from experience even so as an adult if you're having a meltdown with children when they have meltdowns and stuff like that um but even when children are upset in general there's can be difficulty with them understanding what they need and what they want and part of this can come with age and as well as different um you know reasons um within um, neurodivergent experience and just um, other difficulties that may um, play into, like, play in. Um, They may have issues understanding and knowing what they need. And so just kind of trying to be aware and being prepared as the adult, as a parent, as, you know, whatever your job is. 
being prepared and being able to respond. Um, and like Audrey talked about too, like with the center that she works at, um, you know, with working with children, it's like pre-K um, or preschool even, like preschool age. And so, you know, they had the babies out on the pavement and some of them started kind of freaking out and everybody, all the teachers didn't really know why. And it wasn't like actual pavement, but it was more like, um, can't remember what the material was, but very common, but like, I don't even know what it'd be made out of, but it was this area for them to play on. And so Audrey was like, and with, you know, her work policy, like she talked about, she unfortunately has like a work policy where she can't really accommodate with too much and unfortunately needs job security and to some degree, at least, even though like I talked about last week, job security, you know, in this country and like talked about even earlier the show is the reason why people, you know, might, employees might be like, hey, you can't barefoot here because they're so worried about that. This is also why a lot of barefooters have to just follow the rules and policies as workers um, since they're not, you know, acting as a member of the public on the job, you know, in order to have some kind of job security. So we can't, you know, you know, judge or either to, of course, not like, you know, because some people, you know, definitely there's some people out there that have their own ideas on like how you have to do it all the time to this or that. And it's like respect your own journey, respect the situations and environments in your own life. But, you know, Audrey was like, is it okay if I, you know, take my shoe off? Because, like, she wanted to, like, you know, see how hot the pavement was and, you know, put her foot on. And she was like, oh, this is hot. And she was someone who's been so barefoot full time except for work. And even in the winter, only put on shoes once, I think, this year. Um, and we still get some pretty decent winters. Like, I wish I could say it's been once. And then, like, last year it was, like, three times. Um. And she realized how hot it was and why they were freaking out. And everyone was like, I have no idea why they're freaking out because all the adults were wearing their shoes and safe thing too. But it wasn't just the fact that, I don't know if the children were actually barefoot, but sometimes too, they were like, the children's shoes fall off so young they are, they allow them, you know, to kind of keep them off at times. Um, depending on the situation too. But like, you know, but even their arms, legs, hands, feet, you know, as they're crawling around on this, you know, it it was hurting them. And nobody realized that until, you know, she put her foot on the pavement after again taking her shoe off and was like oh this is hot like I mean yeah like I could handle this but even still for me I'm like this is but even back to that she's someone who barefoot all the time even she was still saying it's hot like yeah she has the you know the ability to probably withstand it but even she was like I don't know how yeah she was like I understand why these babies are freaking out we need to move them or we need to get blankets to put under them if they're going to play here outside like and so just needing to be very aware of the environment and be and explaining to children and just understanding too like when and how you need to wear shoes and say those boundaries, but it can be a simple accommodation um, or just a simple way of respecting children's um, autonomies and boundaries with not wanting to wear shoes and just being very flexible to those things. And although I'm not, you know, a parent myself, like, you know, working with children the last three years and stuff like that, like there's a lot that I've realized with understanding, you know, <laughs> bug girl and, um, you know, her ADHD and autism and understanding myself even at, throughout my own journey and you know there it's interest it's actually very interesting to see the similarities where um there because like you know I've met some people who you know with ADHD and autism that I barely relate to and it's hard my brain always wants to like try to relate to people that is a a symptom (laughs) that's one of the diagnostic criteria there too though um with the updated version of the DSM-5 or 6 Sorry, my brain can't remember right now. 
Um, and with ASD or the autism spectrum disorder being updated, um, and you can look into that um, online yourself. I'm trying to remember the exact site as well where you can kind of access more information on that online. It may have been the National Health and Behavior Institution. I think I said their name right for once. Usually I have to, like, look at it every time I, I mention anything, article by them, but I hope I said it right this time because I don't have something up to reference at this moment. But, um, but where was it going? I'm <laughs> just my brain. But it's been interesting to see, you know, those similarities because, you know, some people, like, again, we have our very own ex different experiences. Not everyone can verify. Some people have extreme aversions to it, and I am just verifying with our own experiences. And so, you know, for me, even with my struggles with interoception, which I'm about to just try to do a quick search to get a definition so that way I'm not confusing anybody. My brain sometimes forgets. Definition. Sorry. And explain it without making anyone confusion. Okay. Well, the best thing Gary now is interoception is the collection of senses providing information to the organism about the internal state of the body. So basically referring to those and receiving and understanding those internal signals and that can do with any internal processing within the body. Um, so I hope that's, I mean, that, that seems like a good definition. So I hope that helps. Um, but, you know, so there can be those own issues even for myself, but sometimes, you know, it sounds crazy, but even, um, understanding and accommodating for myself with different sensory issues and, um, even with verifying has been seeing through other people's experiences and them talking about them, understanding it, that that can kind of help with the interoception. They're like, maybe I should try that. And it's like, wait a minute. And so for me, it's when it's chronic pain, like I still experience like chronic pain, but a lot of signals, you know, they can get more transmuted into chronic pain or like things become too much and that becomes chronic pain. But in general, overstimulation does register the pain receptors in the brain. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, in general, that's how there could be a lot of different chronic pain conditions and issues within um, people on the spectrum. But, um, how, you know, interacting and understanding other people's experiences and about other people's experiences, how it's made me aware of, like, oh, wait a minute, let's try this. And it's like, oh, it's like how it helps with the pain and some of those other things makes me more aware of the issues that I've had in interoception and understanding myself and other people. But then it's also, I think it's important, you know, too, for um, us to come down to, like, you know, the kids' level at times because, even before I started noticing, you know, things with, like, bug girls, bug girls and Annie that, like, I, um, again, was, like, oh, she's just not listening. Like, I don't know why this is an issue. But then when I started thinking about and paying attention to things and, like, because, you know, sometimes I can be, like, I go in between, like, sometimes, yeah, over-identifying with being, like, oh, it's just me. Like, I'm just thinking this. And then realizing, okay, maybe try this or helping her try things when she's having meltdowns and there's all the signs there. Um, and my pattern recognition is noticing all these things, and that's how I've been able to, like, understand, you know, being an advocate, you know, for her, too, as a nanny, and, like, within different things um, as well. There, there are other ways that, you know, I've been trying to help advocate for her and advocating, even learning how to advocate for myself, like, how much we can, that pattern recognition really can help you pay attention to these things. Um, but just feeling, okay, try this, does this help? And then seeing, getting what kind of response feedback 
you know, and so we just need to sometimes pay more attention to children, listen, evaluate. And I think sometimes two parents or um, caregivers in any kind of role, any type of job where you're working with children, anything like that, um, sometimes we can be so consumed in our own thoughts and our own reality that we completely escape the things that are going on with them and their own experiences and how complicated things could be. But the thing is, is children in general, they don't have enough of the language. They haven't learned enough of the language in general. Most of the time, they even be able to communicate what they're feeling in that way already. But then especially if there's issues with neurodivergency, interoception, understanding internal processing of their body, um, identifying emotions, anything like that, you know, already that may be, um, you know, normal with age or be um, a part of their own experience as a neurodivergent child. These are all going to tie in um, to their internal existence. Just as we as adults are all very complex beings, so are children, and we need to remember that. And how can we identify and, you know, learn to recognize and accommodate for peop- for them when they don't have the ability to have their own voice and advocacy and and you know she's also you know a hyperverbal person like me um but still for her it's i listening to what she's saying and it may and when you listen to it, it's like oh they're just being dramatic but listen to it. it may not sound normal it may not but listen to it and you'll learn so much more they're working and trying to communicate the best they can in the ways that we can and just like we as people, and I think sometimes, too, when we have to reparent ourselves, it's also important to understand, like, being a child and, like, what that was like and your own issues with neurodivergency, if you're a neurodivergent person, like, you know, processing, unpacking that and understanding that. And so, you know, barefooting was something that provided me a lot of freedom in childhood, and it provides a lot of freedom to uh, various children that I've I've met or known through friends, you know, working, different things like that, um, or just, you know, having community, like, conversations, you know, interactions with people, um, that it is accommodation for a lot of children with ADHD and or autism, um, as well as anxiety disorders um, and other conditions that may cause sensory issues or different um, learning disabilities and different things. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's one size fits all. It doesn't mean it's a magical cure. Um, and I understand that you have to set, you know, those boundaries and limitations, but that should be centered around safety and understanding and explaining that safety to them is really important. And so, you know, like that's something I try to do as an is explaining safety around everything on every level I can so they understand it um, and kind of talk to them like you would. Maybe, yeah, not like, you got to be careful with some of the things you say. You can't just go free reign, but talking to them like you would an adult. And that's also what helps them develop language skills and helps self-understanding and so there have been times where I've used word big words you know and and stuff like that and and I and I'll have to check in or be like that makes sense and as I do or sometimes I'll recognize myself but you know I just try to check in and I'll be like does that make sense do you understand and if they're like no I'm like okay what are you confused about and there could be a word that they're not even if they've heard it they may not be entirely familiar with the definition like even when like talking about boundaries with them and like one even two like they've wanted me to like post pictures of them and I'm like ah, no we're like or you know I'm or I'm very particular or I'm like trying to like you know make sure you can't tell who they are if it's even on like my own like private social medias that are 
just for me and like my close loved ones because I'm just so done with social media <laughs> like and other than that and then you know I have you know my more like public side of things um but it's like hard to explain them and like I understand that you think it's cool but like no and and they want to and be and and the thing too is you know even with like passwords and things everything's password protected and you know um, and sometimes yeah it can be annoying have to put in a million passwords sometimes in the span of five minutes when there's three children involved and everything has a password <laughs> you know yeah but I'd rather them be safe and so they can get annoyed with it and I explain to them or they try to know what the password is or they're trying to whatever and they're trying to like well tell me what it is show me what it is because I think it's easier even because they have to go to wait five minutes to say I'm in the bathroom or I'm in the middle of cooking something like you know or something if I'm making food from or whatever I'm doing I'm like hold on like I'm you know this guy like you know and again unless I'm you know depending on unless it's like one of those things most time it's not even five minutes that they're waiting it's more like hey wait 60 seconds you know and you know, they get impatient, like, no, like, making sure they understand why you're doing these things, or else to them, it will look like control, and yes, you do have to be careful in some degree some of the things that you're telling with them, but speak to them like you would a person, I think a lot of us have a lot of issues with not understanding things as an adult, especially with, again, I understand that as, like, with my ADHD and autism, or different things, like, because nobody either explained it to you, and so now you're learning and figuring it out on the fly with literally everything, or just, in, and even if you're not, don't have ADHD and autism or, or aren't neurodivergent or are neurodivergent have other, other conditions, you know, I think some of us, like, when it's, like, this patronizing thing, you know, really, it hasn't helped anybody, but also, too, I think sometimes it's parents not having the time or energy or not being there or, you know, not showing up in the ways that they should. Those can also create barriers. Sorry. I laugh when things are awkward. I'm, I get just very sarcastic talking about certain things. I'm like, you know, it's cute. Yeah, <laughs> sarcasm, of course. Um, but um, just, like, understanding, too, when you like, looking back, that sometimes there is a lot of people that explain things or to us because they didn't know. The same thing happened to them. They didn't know. So sometimes these fears and propagandas around barefooting, some people just didn't know. They believed what their parents told them. They believed what everybody around them told them. And sometimes, too, those just rules can become an obsession sometimes, too, in different ways um, with autism and also with ADHD. Um, and so, you know, you can just kind of be so set, well, this is what I always knew and not diverting from that or diverting too far from it in a way that is more defiant rather than educated, too thinking that, like, oh, look at me, I'm a big rebel on barefooting, when it's, like, really, like, well, there are no laws or health codes against it. So, you know, like, you're really not rebelling against anything. But so, or some people, that you know, may obsess over, like, oh, they're rebelling, they're breaking the rules, and it's, like, no, they're not. And but even people in general can just be set in their ways for their own reasons and, um, you know, be ignorant and resistant to understanding change and accessibility and um, just being ignorant, you know. And to understand, maybe no one explained to them that. And so it's like, if we want to see the change in the world that we live in, like we need to remember that like that change does start with children and, you know, making sure that they understand and understand what's going on. But also think this idea of obedience, just do what you're told, you know, 
blah, 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 follow the rules, just be a blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have the, my brain today doesn't have the words for what I'm trying to say. So I'm hoping that when I say blah, 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 y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, general things with, it's just the system of control and alienation and removing ourselves from our body, you know, issues with interoception, um, which is something I actually did want to talk more so about um, was, you know, how different issues interoception, but issues with control with the body in general. Um, so, you know, and we are coming up on the last 15 minutes of the show and I've already been kind of talking about it anyway. So there's not really, I mean, but there is, um, sorry, let me slow down my brain. <laughs> Take a drink and just electrolyte stuff, but um, in general, there has been this system of control and just blind obedience that does remove us from our bodies, from understanding the natural nature of our bodies, even. And there's a lot of things um, that have disconnected from us, from even our just free will and autonomy of our bodies and understanding our rights and authority of our body, but also there within, you know, capitalism that's gone unchecked, um, beauty standards that are harmful to human health um, and, and just harmful consumerism that's also gone unchecked. You know, that is also tied into the separation of our body and listening to our bodies. So even if people don't, you know, struggle with interoception and, and things like that, a lot of people are just, have been so taught to just deny and ignore and drown out when their bodies say stop and their bodies say stop, like, or say stop and rest when their bodies say take it slow, you know, like, Hey, I need rest. Like we need to chill out or I need this or I'm hungry, you know? So in general, like even if people don't have issues with this, the general system we live in is designed to really disconnect people from that. Um, You know, if you grow up in, you know, different trauma, neglect or you know, situations with, you know, having a hard time surviving for whatever reasons that can also cause you to start to ignore your emotions, what your body needs, any kind of needs on different levels more than you probably would have if you, you know, had developed and grown properly in a nurturing, loving, supportive environment. Um, But, you know, for me as someone who struggles with interoception, you know, I've difficulty receiving cues and having awareness of around and of the processes within my body at times and more than I'd like to admit but then at the same time I have such you know I can have such extreme experiences with chronic pain and disability issues that I'm always aware there's something going on you know um, or you know being just aware of the chronic pain but not aware of anything that's like the things that are causing it or just because I'm so used to the chronic pain not realizing like hey that you probably need to slow down anyway and again this same cycle has played in hold on let me yeah so it's like this is so interoception this is a very real struggle on various levels of intensities and experiences for other people who you know have ADHD or are autistic um, and so I'm not going to act like it's as simple as just listen to your own body, you know, when dealing with issues around interoception, other sensory issues, or other, when you're overstimulated, when you're having meltdowns, or any other issues that may cause um, awareness of your body to be even more of an amplified struggle in that, that day or that moment, or just in general throughout your daily life, you know, things aren't, you know, simple, cut and dry, um, by any means, but 
is, is at the same time, this general system that we live in, it also is programming and engineering people to ignore and neglect you know, their bodies. And for me, you know, I figured out too, over time, this was a process of pattern recognition, like everything I've learned to accommodate for myself, I had to go through a process of pattern recognition and trying it out and learning and, you know, with it in itself. And so like with barefooting, like I learned, you know, over time that not only do shoes just overstimulate me, but it helps me more when I'm overstimulated in general to be barefoot. And it's helped me actually um, be able to like, help with interoception because it helps by removing all these extra all the extra stress with being overstimulated by shoes but also helps alleviate the overstimulation in general and works as an accommodation that by helping you know alleviate and avoid um like extra overstimulation it's helped me be able to have more of the ability within myself to recognize the signals in my body but even with having um, you know CPTSD for different reasons and having issues with disassociation you know it helps pull me back into my body and you know even with my sensory issues um, in a way like it's in a sensory accommodation and, and it also is a sensory seeker like it's helped me pull back into my body. It's therapeutic. And there's many people I've talked to where it's like they have those similar experiences within their own neurodivergency um, of how, it, you know, whether it's, you know, ADHD or autism or, um, you know, another neurodivergent condition. Most of my friends um, either have ADHD or autism on, and then also may um, have their own varying mental um um, mental illnesses and neurodivergent experiences along with that within themselves and their own um, existence. Um, but, you know, barefooting, you know, can really help pull you back into your body and make you more aware and just help with a lot of things. I'm not saying that it's a cure-all. I'm not saying it's one-size-fix-all, but it's also just genuinely healthy and good for you. Um, and so if Again, um, you know, we're coming up on the last nine minutes of the show, so we don't have too much uh, left. Um, but if you want to go to uh, the Instagram, it is real barefoot is legal. Um, the link in the, like the bio link in there um, on Instagram, if you click on that, it's a link tree. And so there's some other information and things. Again, trying to get some things planted and sort it out um, so we can have more ways of just sharing information, more information, but definitely recommend going to barefootislegal.org. That's Barefoot is Legal's official page. You know, Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to, you know, the rights and legalities, but also advocating, empowering, and, uh, you know, um, also advocating with the accommodation that is barefooting and, you know, been around barefooting. Um, so, definitely recommend checking barefootislegal.org. Um, so there's some great things, you know, there on like membership, different ways how you can, you know, donate to the organization um, to help with like cost of just operations in general, you know, like those of us that, you know, that, um, you know, like, you know, work or whatever for Barefoot is Legal in any kind of way, like doing the radio show, doing that Instagram, like, you know, we volunteer our time, you know, we're not getting paid, but any donations, they go more to like the cost of like, you know, printing resources, having, you know, the resources that go into mailing, contacting all these things. Um, 
with legal le- legalities, court like reasons, legal state stuff um, with different uh, sorry my brain um, corporations, different things like that. Um, but also to do like health benefits or not health benefits, health fairs um, to share the benefits of barefooting to promote the message of barefooting. Unfortunately, we live in a world that is so centered around money and everything is about that. So we do need funding, you know, unfortunately to be able to expand um, Barefoot is Legal and to be able to even further, you know, reach with getting resources and um, things like that that we can share for the community. Um, But there's also information there. um, If you would like to have like a hard copy to show um, like that there's, documentation documentation for your state um barefooting is legal and that there are no laws or health codes against barefooting like things like that if you want to have that proof that you are allowed to barefoot in public spaces um there's some information there um i'm just going to go to it now real quick second I always have so many tabs open during the radio show for the radio show. It's insane. So it's going to take a little longer to load. Okay. And I'm still scattered brain. But then I'm like, eh, if I had this many tabs open, no wonder I'm scattered brain. <laughs> okay. So, yes, under um, barefootislegal.org, which I think I already had it open, and then I reopened it. Okay. Sorry. Um, but under the laws section, um, if you go to by state country and you hit on that um, or click on that, It'll take you to a page where you can, um, and they're abbreviated. The states are abbreviated by, like, their official abbreviation. So you can go to your state. Um, so I don't know if all 50 are listed with documentation that Barefoot is Legal has currently, like, received, but they're in the process of, you know, getting more and trying to expand more all the time on the documentation we documentation that we have um, available for the public to use um, for advocating for themselves and their barefooting rights um, as you know that's why this organization's here um, but they're actively trying to do that and the funding will help you know go to expanding and you know being able to um, you know yes a lot of stuff is electronic but a lot of stuff is still by mail with you know corporations and different things so you know stamp letters things like that um other things that go into the cost of operations that people don't always really think about um with running nonprofit organizations um but you can go to you know the states that are there um which oh my gosh i just realized that ohio isn't listed so i'll try to do something about that then i guess so, and even if you guys want to take initiative for your own county, your own area, your own state, and um, get that um, information yourself and get that proof and, you know, um, contacting these different departments and different things, um, and you'd like to share it and just help support other barefooters, you know, you can um, definitely give that information to, uh, through the uh, website there is. I think there's time, there's like a, there's a contact section so you can look more into the contact there. Sorry, I'm trying to get to load. Yeah, so you can just send out a general like con. There's a general contact form form where you can get a message. So if you have and it like has your you can put your email in there so they can contact you back through email. Um, and 
so, you know, um, the CEO is, you know, Dave uh, Komen. And so, you know, um, you know, credit to him for this organization for sure. Um, but you can send out, you know, an email to things, and it's got some other information on the different directors within Barefoot is Legal. Um, but you can send out, you know, information in this forum, uh, forum and about, so if you have any resources or information, you can't, like, uh, attach any documents. But, you know, just let them know. They'll have your email. Um, you can contact them about how to reach out to give those things. That's one way that you can support the Barefoot is Legal community and the Barefoot community as a whole, you know, by, you know, taking that initiative if you feel inclined or if you're put in a situation where you have to or feel like you have to for whatever reason. Um, but there's also corporate letters, workplace. You can report unfriendly businesses um, through the page, Um but so there's some states listed with, you know, barefooting laws, but at the same time, it also has notes that there are no laws or health codes in all 50 states um, against barefooting or against driving barefooting. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of people still want to make an issue about it. Um, but there's the state civil rights cards. Ohio's on here with that, with barefooting. But, oh, it's the health department. Sorry, the health department doesn't have all states. That's what I was looking at. So I'll probably look into something like that. But, again, there are no health codes against people barefooting in public spaces in the United States. Um, so, you know, know your rights. Stand up for yourself. Don't allow, you know, don't allow yourself to be discriminated against. I mean, obviously, you know, we can't control that for other people. Or just got the 90-second warning. Obviously, we can't control the actions of other people. You know, they want to start discriminating. But don't take it. You know, stand up for yourself. Know your rights. Know that there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States. Listen to your body to the best of your ability. Listen to yourself and whatever parts of um, other dimensions and, exist, you know, existing parts of yourself um, when it comes to your barefooting rights, when it comes to your rights in general. Um, and just keep, you know, all barefoot out, all the barefooters out there, just keep living your best barefoot lifestyle to the best of your ability. Um, you know, we're here rooting for you, cheering you on. Um, you know, you can reach out through the forum if you have any concerns. Again, recommend checking out the Facebook group, um, Barefoot is Legal, and the public page. But you'll see us next week, uh, or you can hear us next week, I guess, <laughs> here on Barefoot is Legal Radio. This was with Phoenix today. Hopefully, Audrey will be able to finally be back on next week. Fortunately, scheduling issues and whatnot else. But um, take care, guys. Remember, there are no laws or health goes against their voting. No, you're right. Stand up for yourself. Take care, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.